11 consecutive AFC East Championships. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laser Focus, presented by Guy Boston Sports. I'm your host, Justin. Now, let me welcome in my wonderful co-host, Faith. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? We are doing great. 11 consecutive AFC East Championships. Every single conference championship up for grabs, actually not conference, division championship that's been up for grabs this decade has been claimed by one team, the New England Patriots. Anyway, they had to beat the Bills to do it. The Patriots beat the Bills 24-17 to claim their 11th consecutive AFC East Championship. Uh, not the best game on, on defense, but I thought the offense came together really nicely. I agree, I agree. I think that it was a big step to see the offense step up like it did because we needed them to win the game. And yeah. it gave me a little more confidence because the Bills have a very good defense. So, Yeah, I've been, seeing, um, I've been seeing slow building blocks of this. Really, I think since, um, since the Dallas game, I've been seeing it slowly building maybe after the Eagles game. I think it's all about Tom trusting more guys than just Edelman. I just think it's more about Tom trusting more receivers than just Edelman. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is, and I think we saw that. But anyway, let's get into the game. So we already started talking about the offense. Um, but to start the game, Burke had the, the offense seemed to be getting off on the right foot, and then Rex Burke had, had a wretched fumble. One of the worst uh, But redeemed worst ball. himself with a touchdown. I a thought that was runs, horrible but... ball security. You have to know there's a guy coming behind you. Yeah. But overall, I mean, the, the running game kind of got it together a little bit, maybe. I'm not, I wasn't super impressed, but Sony Michelle got 4.6 yards a carry. They gave him 21 carries and he got 96 yards. So that's not a, much from James White. That's a nice start. They threw to James White more. Uh, James White caught. James White ran uh, three times for five yards. And <laughs> James White caught four passes on five targets. For I'd 24 like to yards. see a little more running from him, though, because I just think it's necessary. But I don't think they need to win. I liked Nikhil Harry on the sweep, though. I did, too. I, I think that, that that gives me shades of Cordero Patterson. And I have more. Um, I have more Hope confidence. I have more confidence in Akil Harry than Cordero Patterson. Speaking of punt returning, though, uh, Mohamed Sanu really isn't doing much in the punt return game, and the only person who I can unequivocally say sucked in this game was Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, just not good. Uh, second round pick for that guy. Not living up to any of the expectations. Caught three of five targets, but missed some really bad blocks and couldn't really block on a fourth down play that would have. Prevented a touchdown. Um, but, I mean, I thought the offense looked respectable. They looked solid all day. And the run game really set up the play action. Yeah, and I'll get into this more with my key players. But Matt Lacoste was finally blocking like he was supposed to. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the tight ends really stepped up this game. I really liked Matt Lacoste. Um, the touchdown that he got, it, it, it looked like a Gronk type of touchdown. What I wasn't super impressed, I'm sorry, actually, we, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the play action because it's very clear that this offense thrives on play action and spreading the ball around. We knew that for the most part, but it's nice to see the play action game set up nicely. I feel like Tom Brady was happy to see it come together. I don't know if it was just the play action or he was just happy to see literally anything come together at this point. Um, 
But what I was not super impressed by was this quote-unquote historic defense really clear to me at this point. It's not historic. It's good. It's really it's great. Um, but they gave up two big plays. One that gave up a tu- one that um, one that led to a touchdown at the end of the game at the end of the first half, and one that led to a touchdown in the third quarter. Yeah, and just to quickly say this about just for a little bit of information on the defense, three of your defensive backs are top eight in interceptions. Through yeah. week 16. That's unbelievable. It might be a little inflated by who they played at the beginning. But it's facts. It is good. It is a fact. Not and it's facts. Is, um, it's a fact. Stephon Gilmore is one. Uh, J.C. Jackson, five. Devin McCourty, seven. Um, importantly, ahead of Marcus Peters. Mar- Mar- Marcus Peters, all of them. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very good. And uh, finally, on special team. Oh, Faith, did you have anything to add on defense? Um... J.C. Jackson had a big pass breakup at the yeah. end of the game that really that really solidified the win. So that, that was, was kind nice. of a uh, prayer, but the fact that that was so accurate, J.C. Jackson was still able to get up there and break it up. What I thought was a really, really uh, notable improvement on special teams is Nick Folk made a 51-yard field goal. That's the longest as a Patriot. I think he made a 46-yard or two, but 50, I was extremely impressed 51 by yards from Nick Folk. He went perfect all day, too. Um. Yeah, Nick Folk, 3-for-3 three three on field goals, 1-for-1 one one on extra points. So the only concern with the 1-for-1 one one on extra points is that he only had the opportunity to kick one extra point. But, Faith, any final thoughts? That's about it. Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, I'm a little concerned that this offensive resurgence that we're seeing may be Buffalo-specific. Maybe Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick noticed something on film that Buffalo is just bad against play action, so they made it an extra point to set up the run. Um, I'm going to need it to – I'll be at Miami sucks. But I do need to see this offense work against Miami this week. Um, maybe they get up big and maybe they sit their starters. But I need to see 25, 30 points put up at home this week at yeah. least. Yeah. And I'm going to need to see some efficiency on offense, some sustained drives. Uh, that would be 65-yard drives or more, of which the Patriots, I believe, only had one that led to a touchdown last week. So let's get into our three key players. Faith, you're up first. My first key player is Nikhil Harry. Now, I think this is more of him being trusted by Tom and Josh McDaniels than him playing better. But he's making plays, important plays, and I think he's very necessary for a successful offense right now. Yeah, he's really hard to bring down too. I mean, and he's tough, and he doesn't get—he wasn't getting fired up like the guys were trying to shake him, the defensive backs for Buffalo, and he just wasn't really getting. Shaken up, and he was just keeping his cool and playing tough, so that's good to see. Second is Matt Lacoste, finally making grabs when you when he needs to, so I'm glad to see that. And once again, I think this is more a result of Tom spreading around the ball, so I really hope that he keeps doing that. Um, that was a beautiful touchdown, too. Gronk great like throw Eskis, and great, great grab by Matt Lacoste. He also had a couple other catches, and he had... Some key blocks in the run game. Good to see him. Uh, and correction, my... that was Matt Lacoste's only catch. Was it really? Yes. He had one target, caught one pass. Huh. Okay. Well, still better than what we've seen in past weeks. Yeah, yeah. Any, any, um, anything to the tight ends is an improvement. And he had a lot of key blocks in the run game. If he keeps blocking like that, the run game should be able to get going. Now, my third is um, Elandon Roberts because... He is the leading blocker on 
all big runs and running touchdowns, and they had him out more snaps than he's played all season in the last game, and it was effective, and I really, really like him at that position. Yeah, just that quote. I Offense, defense, special teams, I'll run through a mother effer's face. <laughs> um, he's dedicated. You certainly can't take that away from him. He's no. dedicated. No. Uh, my top three. First one is Nick Folk. 51-yard field goal. Nick Folking Folk. That appears to be working. Um, Usually 51 yards is like nothing too much to celebrate. Obviously 51 is decent, but... His like like reach is like 47, though. Yeah, we did not think he could make anything above 46. We were shocked when he made the 46-yard field goal. Uh, But overall, I'm really impressed with Nick Folk. I really hope putting him at the top of this list doesn't jinx anything for next week. The second one on my list is Tom Brady. I was super impressed with his attitude. I thought it was a lot better. I was really impressed with his spreading the ball. I was really impressed. Um, he laid out a block, which we don't we didn't really need to see, but he still like went all out on a block. Um, tried real, to run it. Yeah, he did try to run it. I don't know why he stopped mid-run. That was really dumb, or he would have had a touchdown. But I was really happy with Tom Brady. He didn't make any mistakes. Um, and we're going to need to see that built built up for the next few weeks as we go into the playoffs. Third one is Jacoby Myers. Three targets, three catches, and some people may say Jacoby Myers doesn't deserve to be on this list. but I don't think he does. The but... fact that Tom Brady is throwing to him, the fact that he is catching them as an undrafted rookie receiver, we'll take that. Yeah. Why don't we rate Sean McDermott's coaching? Now, for those who are have not listened in the past... We rate you from a 0 to a 10. A 0 is Freddie Kitchens. A 10 is Bill Belichick. Faith, what did you rate Sean McDermott? So Sean McDermott got a 8 from me. Um, this isn't just for this game. Well, I guess kind of. But what he's done this season is incredibly impressive. And his team didn't look bad against us, which I guess you can't can't be too much assurance right now because we haven't really been playing our best. But... I think he's done a great job coaching this year. So yeah, um, I also gave him an eight. I don't think that. I don't think um, it can be understated how impressive uh, what he's done has been. I mean, when was the last time we were concerned going into a Week Sixteen AFC East game? He had us all shaking. This, I mean, the whole dynasty could have crumbled if the Patriots had lost on Saturday night. So the fact that he came in, he. Didn't really make too many big coaching mistakes. Not going to say he was perfect or all that good, but he was he was more than serviceable as a head coach. And I'm going to give him an 8, which is I think maybe the highest we've rated anyone all season. I think Andy <laughs> Reid may have gotten an 8 from me. But let's go around the NFL now because there were some real laughable games this week. So first up, we have Texans at Buccaneers. Texans win that game. James wins. Texans beat Buccaneers. 23-20. Faith, go. Jameis Winston put on a good show for everyone. Texans at Buccaneers. Texans win that 23-20. Very, very close for the Texans. If they had not won that game, they may have been playing for their division and um, for their potentially for their playoff spot uh, on Week 17. So the fact that they were able to um, beat the Buccaneers, really, really close game. Um, was really big for them, but really embarrassing. It was that close. Rams at 49ers. Rams, I mean, I'm sorry, 49ers win that game 34 
to 31. Good road win for the 49ers. Faith, you have any thoughts on that game? Um, yeah, the Rams just surprised me how they're so not productive this year at all. They still put up 31 points, but the 49ers able to take care of them at home. So that's, that's a good win against a good team in their division at this time of year. That's, they have no problems with that. Uh, Lions at Broncos. Broncos win that 27-17. Not much to play for there. Unless you had a fantasy football implications. Not much to play for there. You have any yeah. thoughts on that? Um, yeah, no. Uh, the Broncos are... I don't know what's coming next. Hopefully Drew Locke is like... I guess he's their future, but just they need some rebuilding to do. They do. They do. Um, Raiders at Chargers. Raiders win that 24-17. Another kind of meaningless divisional game that... Another team that is shockingly bad this year, Chargers. I will say the Raiders, though, they're kind of building something to next year. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be eagerly watching them play in Vegas because I think they're building something. And I wonder if Derek Carr will continue to be that quarterback next season or the year, in the years um, following. But I see the Raiders building something. When you pay your coach that much, you better figure it out at some point. Exactly. He's got, I think, eight more years after this one. So he's owed $80 million regardless of what happens over the next eight years. That is unbelievable. It's really unbelievably stupid. Um, Jaguars at Falcons. Falcons win that 24-12. to It's a nice win for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, Dan Quinn. Um, we still think Dan Quinn's probably going to be fired at the end of the season, and there are no playoff implications here. Ravens at Browns. Ravens win that game 31-15. to and it's all of our faults as Patriots fans for rooting for the Browns because it was insufferable. And you know what? The Browns had them at the beginning of that game. They did. The Browns were doing something, but as usual, Freddie Kitchens came in and just ruined it. So Ravens clinched the number one seed, um, uh, which is home field throughout and a first round bye. They're resting all of their starters this week, including Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Panthers at Colts. Colts win that game 38-6. to six. Nice blowout right how can, there. How can the Panthers so, score so few points? Will Greer, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I Never know they have, playing with I, those guys before. Kind of just tossed in. Yeah. Still kind of a joke. <laughs> Bengals at Dolphins. Now, a few weeks ago, this could have been the uh, battle of the 0-14 against the 0-14. But the Dolphins have won a few games, and the Bengals have won one game. So the Dolphins won 38-35, and again... Doesn't it concern you how close our game with the Bengals was for a little bit? Zero. Zero playoff implications. Yeah, a little bit, but the offense was building something. Uh, Zero playoff implications. And Faith, you also have to remember that this is... They're all professional athletes here. Yeah, I know. I am shocked that they scored this many points collectively. I would have taken the under, and I would have taken the under big time. 38-35, to 35, that's a respectable score. Was their defense played? Maybe not. I don't think so. Was their offense played? Somehow, apparently. <laughs> there were passes completed, I think. I didn't watch it. Um, Steelers at Jets. Jets. Is- what? Nothing. Steelers at Jets. Jets win that 16-10. to 10. That kind of puts the Steelers out of it's the playoffs at the moment. It's a big game for the Steelers yeah. to lose. Um, at the moment, that puts the Titans in position to be in the playoffs. Speaking of that, Saints at Titans. Saints win that 
Big one for the Titans, too, but they are still in it somehow. Yep. Ryan Tannehill's kind of lighting it up. Mm-hmm. He actually has the best passer rating of any QB in the AFC right yes. now. Second, second is Lamar Jackson, but uh, how... Is Ryan Tannehill can clearly thrive in an offense that's not the Miami yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, I see this is what happens when uh, Adam Gase ruins you for a year. But yeah. You know what? You can come back from it. Yeah. Giants at Redskins. Uh, there are no playoff implications here, but uh, Giants win that 41-35. And all we have to talk about is how the Giants are playing. Uh, the Giants and Redskins are playing the Eagles and uh, Cowboys next week. And that's, that's, why these, that's why these two teams matter. That's big. Um, this game may have been for draft position, but that's, that's pointless at the moment. We can yeah. figure that out after the Super Bowl. Cowboys at Eagles. This game was and probably will be for the NFC East. Um, obviously, there are some things that can change this week depending on who Big beats, one for beats the their Eagles. Opponents. I'm really... Eagles, as Faith just mentioned, Eagles win that 17-9. to nine. Okay. All that talent on the Cowboys, all that money they spent, that coach, that coordinator, that defensive coordinator, and they might not make the playoffs. I just love to see it. I you, do not like the Cowboys at all. You only score nine points on the, in, on the road at Lincoln Financial Field? Come on. That's sad. In your division. That's a joke. In your division. Yeah, it, that's a divisional game. Like I said, next week has some implications. Currently, the Eagles sit uh, with that. With uh, currently, the Eagles sit as the four seed in the NFC. Isn't it unbelievable how a seven and uh, what? Are, what would they they're be? probably going to end up nine and seven? Can be a top four. Oh yeah, it's just unbelievable. Um, where are we? Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals win that 27 to 13. That's unbelievable. <laughs> now, this actually doesn't matter that the Seahawks lost because they're playing the 49ers on Sunday Night Football next week. And if the Seahawks win, they will be tied with the 49ers at 12 and 4. Yeah. And they obviously have the tiebreaker because think, they will um, have beaten them twice. Quickly, we can just talk about the fact that uh, Seahawks just a couple weeks ago had two of you could say. One of the most talented running back duos in the league. And now they've gone to no running back. And they have just signed Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode. Out of retirement. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Out of retirement. This is really big. I'm excited to watch it. I don't I think he's going to be good. I think it's going to be like Eddie Lacy at the end. But I'm excited to watch it. I can't it. wait. Should be entertaining. Um, is he really going to do anything against the 49ers defense? Maybe. I we'll can't see. wait to see it. We will see. Anyway, Chiefs at Bears, Sunday night football. Could the Bears have put on a worse show at home? Um, Chiefs win that 26-3. Again, the Bears scored three points at home on Sunday night football. So, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't very entertaining. Not at all. And honestly, I thought that the Bears would have been able to hold the Chiefs to less points. Packers at Vikings. Packers win that 23-10. to And shame on you, all of you people that pick Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers. I don't care where they play, what the temperature is, or what time of year it is. You pick Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers. Shame on you. Faith, you want to add anything to that? I was pulling for the Vikings on this one. Yeah, that's sad. 
Okay, next, let's look at the playoff picture through week 16. Um, so currently, uh, in the AFC, as we mentioned, Ravens are 13-2. and two. They have clinched uh, everything. They've clinched home field throughout, and they are the one seed. They are the one seed. At 12-3 and three currently, the Patriots are the two seed. All they have to do is beat Miami or see the Chiefs lose. But basically, the Patriots beat Miami. They are the two seed. Currently, three seed is the Chiefs. They have clinched their division. They're 11-4. And, and if the season ended today, they would be hosting the 8-7 six-seed Titans. So the fourth seed um, would be the Texans at 10-5. They would be hosting the 10-5 <laughs> Buffalo Bills, which are the fifth seed. Texans have clinched their division. Bills have clinched the five seed at the moment. Um there's not going to be a ton of movement here. The only things that could change would be the Chiefs and the Patriots. But, again, the Patriots have to lose at home to Miami. Oh, it's and gorgeous looking at the Cowboys having a losing record. Shh. Just love it. I'm sorry. Shh. We have not gotten to the NFC yet, Faith. It doesn't matter. They're out of it. I just saw it. And we'll see what happens this week with the Titans and Steelers. They have the same record. So if one wins, the other one loses, um, they'll be in the playoffs at Probably nine and seven. I can't imagine eight and eight would get you in the playoffs. That would mean both of them would have to lose. But let's look at the NFC. So currently, as it stands, the 49ers at 12 and three are the one seed. The Packers at 12 and three are the two seed. By the way, both have uh, clinched playoff spots. Packers have clinched their division. Mm-hmm. The three seed currently and the... Uh, Division champions are the Saints at 12 and 3. They're the three seed. They would be hosting Wild Card Weekend, the 10 and 5 Vikings, who have clinched a playoff spot. Currently at the four seed, the Philadelphia Eagles at 8 and 7. <laughs> and they would be hosting, drum roll please, the 11 and 4 Seahawks, the fifth seed. I don't think we have to debate that. It's not fair. That would be a 10 point spread game. I mean, the Seahawks. Going to Philadelphia. Uh, But as we mentioned, um, the 49ers and Seahawks play this week. Whoever wins that game wins the division. It doesn't matter that the Seahawks um, are a game behind because they beat the 49ers earlier in the season. And the Cowboys... The Cowboys play the Redskins. The Eagles play the Giants. Either of them... That... That's going to be a mess. If either of them lose, which I don't if expect... If the Cowboys lose, that's just an embarrassment to their organization. The Cowboys have to win. Uh, if the Eagles lose, then we have to go into tiebreakers. But the Cowboys still in it. They're the only other team that is in the, play- that is, uh, in the hunt in the playoffs. And that's because of their crappy division. But in the AFC, the Steelers and Raiders are still available for playoff spots. Uh, the Raiders are 7-8, and eight, so they would need some... They, there's some magic that has to happen Yeah, for that they one. need some magic. They need a lot, of, a lot of good things to happen. Faith, what, what looks like the most exciting game, though, out of this list? Titans, Chiefs, Bills, Texans, Vikings, Saints, Seahawks, Eagles. Seahawks, Eagles would be my pick. Oh, I think Bills, Texans. Really? I'm, s- I'm much more excited over these NFC I games. I want to see if the Bills can go to Houston, if they can go to NRG Ooh. Stadium and win a playoff game. My favorite would be Viking-Saints rematch after that Minnesota miracle oh, game. I, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that'd be good. And who would be hosting that? Uh, Saints would be hosting that. In the Superdome. 
That'd be a good one. Kirk Cousins, there's no way he would even... He would... We'll yeah, see. He would, he would suck. Oh my god, I want to see that so yeah. bad. Something we didn't mention be Titans at Chiefs. I don't think the Titans would be able to function at Arrowhead Stadium, but we that would be fun to watch, it's I guess. It's not the same Chiefs team as it was last year that we have to remember. It's not, but even when the Chiefs uh, were, weren't that good and the Patriots were good, the uh, Arrowhead Stadium's always been a tough place to play. So, any other thoughts on the playoffs? Not really, no. Okay, I'm excited just to see how it plays out. But again, if the Patriots win this week, they get the first round bye. Um, and they will have had a bye every single... Assuming they win this week, they will have had a bye every single time, every single year this decade. And will have only played divisional and championship weekend. And if they make it to the AFC Championship this year, they will have played in every single... Um, every single AFC Championship except for the one in 2010 this decade. So, let's look ahead to Dolphins at Patriots. Patriots are a 15.5 point favorite. Are you taking them, Faith? No. You're not taking Patriots as 15.5 point favorites? 15.5 is too much. I'm sorry, but... After last year's game, it's a divisional game. Dolphins are always hard. Brian Flores is going to be fired up after getting blown out by us last time. I don't think it's going to be a... It's not going to be as easy as you think. Here, here's my thing. The Patriots need to win, and they need to cover. I don't think we're going to... Gonna... To be able to prove to me that they are a real serious playoff contender, you need to be able to manhandle these teams that are high up in the draft. Albeit a divisional opponent, I, I haven't made a pick yet for this game... But the Patriots should win by two touchdowns. They need to just to prove to us that they can win. 15 and a half is too much, though. I, I maybe wouldn't take 15 and a half because if they're up big at the end, they should put Jared Stidham in. They should pull Julian Edelman. That's really what I'm hoping for. Well, I don't know if we've brought this up, but Julian Edelman only plays on third down. So yeah, that's how injured he he's is. He's so injured. So. Well, Faith, we've referenced it, but this is the last podcast of the decade. Yep. This Upcoming game will be the last Patriots game of the decade. Of course, for record-keeping purposes, the playoff games will be in this decade. Um, but, but regardless, we thought we'd talk about the uh, bottom three moments of the decade and the top five. So let's start with the bottom three uh, moments this decade. And just an honorable mention. Actually, I'll give the honorable mentions after. So the number three worst Patriots. This is just Patriots, not Boston sports. The... Number three worst Patriots game slash moment of the decade was the 2010 Jets divisional loss at home. Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan come into Gillette Stadium and beat you at home on divisional weekend. Embarrassing. Embarrassment. No one saw that one coming. But you know what? That was the least painful game on this list. Because I almost teared up when I, when I put this list together. Second worst game. Two- this one, let me just say. People are scarred from this. Oh, people are. Second worst. The 2011 Giants Super Bowl loss. Second Super Bowl loss in a row to the Giants. Again, not 2007. 2011 was this and, decade. And we can't put seven on this list because that wasn't in yes. the decade. Just when we when we do our century list, 2007's obviously the worst. <laughs> um, but this was this was a terrible game. This was a terrible loss. 
They shouldn't have lost this game. No. Something that will always, always live in my head and is my own personal version of hell. And if I go to hell, I will be watching this on loop. The Eagles Super Bowl loss. This The Philly special. Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Now, Justin, you should know better than anyone else. This was... This may have been the worst day of my life. Faith was at that game. After the game, she called me and goes, this is worse than when my parents got divorced. On the verge of tears. I was in tears. On the verge of tears. And her parents had gotten divorced six months before. We can edit that part out if you want. No, we don't. It's completely up to you. And uh, just an honorable mention was the 2012 AFC Championship, where they lost at home to Joe Flacco. Um... Another honorable mention would have been the 2013 AFC Championship at Denver. Uh, and the, the other honorable mention, which I almost put on this list, was the 2015 AFC Championship um, at Denver. Our team was very banged up and not worthy of the Super Bowl that year, though. So. 2015? Yeah. If they had beaten Miami... Week seventeen of that year, they would have hosted the AFC Championship. If you look at the and roster, Tom Brady though, would have Tom Brady would have been able to play in Super Bowl Fifty. If you look at the roster, though, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Okay, you ready for top five? I'm ready. Okay, number five, the Rams Super Bowl, two thousand and eighteen. 2018 Super Bowl win. After your eleven and five season, people thought you were done. They thought it was the end. They thought everybody sucked. They thought the cliff had come. It did not. Tom Brady won his sixth. Against a young, strong, and fast Rams team that nobody thought you'd be able to stop. He held them to three points. This really was the start of the boogeyman, and we're going to get to the boogeyman in a second because they shouldn't have started. They shouldn't have called themselves a boogeyman. But, yeah, really, really historic game. Um, Largest margin of victory the Patriots had ever had. But... We're moving on because it's number five. But that was a big deal. Tom Brady got his sixth sixth Super Bowl win. He did. Number four, on to Cincinnati. In 2014, they got manhandled at Kansas City on Monday Night Football. And all Bill Belichick said was, we're on to Cincinnati. And since that game, the Patriots have made the Super Bowl. Four to five times. Four to five times. Something happened that night to Tom Brady, to Bill Belichick, and to every. And to everybody else in that locker room, something happened. We'll never know what it is, but there was a fire lit inside. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and whoever was in that room that night. And it has, it has stayed lit. Number three, the AFC Championship 2018 in Kansas City. This was a big one. It had been 13 years since the Patriots had gone on the road and won a playoff game. Do we have the number? It was something ridiculous, like five straight third and tens we got. I do not have that. On that fourth? It was. Oh, my gosh. That that last drive, that overtime, it was all stressful. But the Patriots won for the first time in 13 years on the road in the playoffs. That is one of the moments of the decade. The only reason we couldn't put that a little bit higher, Faith, is because you have two historic Super Bowls. Is because of the Malcolm Butler interception on the goal line with Beast Mode on the sidelines. 
And the we, Seattle Seahawks 2014 Super Bowl win. Yeah, and we made this a uh, collaborative list. Yeah, but we did. Malcolm Butler's soul, just that soul moment of his interception is probably my best memory. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if everybody watched the Nick, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Art of Coaching documentary, the, uh, they talked about it and the announcer was talking about how Bill Belichick was such a good coach because he... Talk, he, um, he coached up the 53rd man on the roster. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but one of the people on the bottom of the depth charts was coached up so much that he knew exactly what to do in that situation. That's, and, yeah. and they had the trust in that player. But to, I don't want to bring up somebody who's jailed for some very terrible things, but Brandon Browner was a big part of Malcolm Butler making that play. Yeah, something we also didn't mention this year was uh about this decade was the controversies so why don't we do that before uh before we get to the best moment you had the aaron hernandez murder trial you had deflate gate oh by the way that was the seattle super bowl season so let's not forget um tom didn't start four of those games you no your no no that was the that was the atlanta super bowl year oh my bad um so we had the Aaron Hernandez murder trial, we had Deflate Gate, we had the craft massage parlor thing, and we had Spy Gate 2, which <laughs> we're still waiting to hear on. And before I get to the number one moment, let's go through the honorable mentions. So the honorable mention, the first one, is the 2014 divisional game where Julian Edelman played quarterback for one play, and we beat Baltimore, but it was precarious for a few minutes. Yeah, it was the, uh, that was the ineligible, eligible. That was the whole playoffs, though. That was yeah. the mess with John Harbaugh. Yes. Um, that, that is one of, one of the defining wins of this dynasty. Yeah. And then the next week was the Deflategate game, AFC Championship blowout in the rain, and Wiggins. let's... Against Andrew Luck. Retired. Retired. Tom Brady outlasted Andrew Luck. Tom Brady outlasted Andrew Luck. And um, the Colts have a a banner hung up because of that game. Because they were an AFC finalist. Uh, Something that was pointed out to me. This was a regular season game. But this was a 28-point comeback at home against Denver in 2014. When was that crazy drive that Tom had against the Saints? That that is one of my favorite moments. That is like the miracle win against the Saints. We had to have a game-winning fourth quarter drive that was nearly impossible. And there's a great sound effects clip with Tom and Josh McDaniels. And they're like, the only way this works is if we do this, this, and this. And Tom just goes out, does it. Kembrell Tompkins. Yeah. Game-winning touchdown. And just so everyone knows what you're talking about, Faith, that would be the uh, 2013 game where they hosted uh they hosted the undefeated saints in the middle of october and apparently david ortiz also hit a walk off walk off home run or grand slam that night too on the same night in october so actually i have one more honorable mention and uh everyone i've talked to who's helped with this list has told me that this is not an honorable mention this should not be considered but i just want to add this Jimmy Garoppolo going to Arizona on debut in 2016 when Tom Brady was suspended. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if they were going to be able to challenge Arizona, who had, I believe, just come off an NFC championship run. Do you know how many quarter... 
Drew Locke went out and won his first game this year. Do you think he's good? And Jimmy Garoppolo goes out and wins on debut on Sunday Night Football. The first quarterback to start a game that's not Tom Brady for the Patriots since he was injured in 2008. Except for maybe a meaningless Week 17. Okay, Faith, you ready for the number one moment of this decade? I'm ready. I think everyone remembers this. I think everyone knows what's coming. But the 28-3 Atlanta Super Bowl win. A lot of luck. A lot of digging deep. James White touchdown. The Julian Edelman catch. The James White touchdown. I will never forget Joe Buck screaming, Patriots win the Super Bowl. I will never forget Zoe yelling, I can't believe it. Yes. And that was the fifth Super Bowl. That was the one for the thumb game. Um... Just, just very fond memories of that game. Yeah, and I, I'm, I know I'm going backwards here, but just to add to our top worst moment of the decade in the Eagles Super Bowl loss, we also still have the infuriating questions about why Malcolm Butler was sat on the oh, bench. I forgot to mention that. I'm so sorry. Yes, we're going to question that forever until somebody writes a book about that, until Tom Brady or Bill Belichick betray one another and tell us why. We'll never know the real truth. And I believe for a little bit of time, Danny Amendola said it. I don't know if anyone else has, but I know Danny Amendola's been very vocal about it. Some of the locker room was lost with that decision for a little bit. Anyway, let's not get hung up on that. Let's talk about that Atlanta Super Bowl. (laughs) 28-3, come back. Steven Guskowski misses an extra point. Patriots have to score 16 points. They score 16 points. They got two two-point conversions. Julian Edelman makes a nearly impossible catch. Just to bring it to overtime. And then you get a James White touchdown. Just to top it all off. Yep. Oh, and Tom Brady's mother also had cancer that year. So that was for her. She got a Super Bowl ring out of it. She did. And they're not done yet. They are not done. As we head into the third decade of, I, I would consider it dominance. Yeah. But Faith, final closing question. Was this, be- was this decade better than the last decade? Well, the last decade. Oh, did you have the Celtics going off in the last decade? You had the Celtics championship last decade. <laughs> this, is, this is just a philosophical, this is just a philosophical uh, question. Um, that involves all of Boston sports. So in the first decade, you had 2001, 2003, 2004. You had the first Patriots dynasty. You had the 04 World Series curse broken. You had a 2007 World Series championship. And you had the Celtics winning in 2008 with Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce, and was it Ray Allen? Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. I believe Ray Allen was on that team. But um, you have... Uh... And in this decade, you have... 2011 Bruins, you have the Red Sox in 2013, the Red Sox in 2018, you have the Super Bowl in 2014, the Super Bowl in 2016, and the Super Bowl in 2018. I'd say it's been more dominant for... And potentially a 2019 Super Bowl, hopefully, maybe. I'd say it's been more dominant for the Patriots in this past decade, but the more meaningful decade would probably have been... uh, the last decade, because you had a drought for the Patriots and Red Sox. I agree. The Patriots—it wasn't even a drought. It was the Patriots had never won anything. They—they they weren't good. I mean, even in the '90s, when you want—if you want to say that they were competitive, fine. But I didn't live through that. Neither do you, Faith. Um, 
I, I've never seen the Patriots not be good. And then but you had the Red Sox curse broken, which was a big, yeah, big deal. I, I completely agree. The Red Sox breaking the curse. You had and, the Celtics championship. Yes, the Red Sox breaking the curse and uh, the Patriots winning in 2001. After 9-11, by the way, that, that is no small thing. But I think those were those were the two most meaningful Boston sports championships. And for that reason, I got to go that last decade was more meaningful. But this decade has absolutely been dominant, more dominant. Dominant, yeah. I mean, if you look at the Patriots' stats this decade, they even had a losing season this decade. It's unbelievable. They've won every division. They've won every AFC East division this, this decade. There's been one time so far this decade. I know we have a few more few more games left this decade, hopefully. There's been one time that the Patriots haven't gone to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sorry. There's been I one wish. There's been one time the Patriots um have not gone to the AFC Championship. Have not gone to the AFC Championship. They have gone to the Super Bowl 5 out of 9 opportunities so far this decade. They've won 3 of them. Tom Brady still playing, so this this decade's been uh, been exciting. I cannot wait for the next. Everybody had a have a uh, great new year, and we will see you next week. And we'll be looking ahead to the playoffs. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year.